at Champagne Lanes on Sunday. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We've been here since 1 o'clock this afternoon. We've been on the air since 2. Gambo and I combined have probably thrown 100 balls. Not one strike. Not one strike. Not one. Can't get it. It's a different kind of bowling. The, the, the guys over here are telling us, no, it's slow. you got to roll it slow. Okay, fine. Go up there and roll it yeah. slow. Still not getting it. I said roll it hard. And then I'm trying to curve it and everything. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a bocce ball with bowling pins on a shorter lane. It's called duck bowling, and it's really, really hard to get a strike. It really is. And it's fun. Yeah. It's addictive. Yeah. I keep, um, yeah. But it, but it, it's the lanes are probably half as long. The pins are half as tall. And it is. It's like a, a right. slightly larger bocce ball that you're throwing. And you still throw it on, you know, kind yeah. of the, the wood. It, it hurts. It's it's tough because the ducks actually move because they're alive. So they move around a little bit. So, like, they don't stay in one spot. So when you hit them, they just, you know. You just and, and, and then the one flew away. Now, I did. Okay, I didn't pull a strike. And they give you three throws per frame, not two, like yeah. traditional bowling, right? I did throw one ball, not hit anything. Throw a second ball, not hit anything. Throw a third and knock them all down. Not you a did? strike, but I did do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell. But it's not a strike, so I didn't tell you that. Yeah, that, that that's not that, a strike. Yeah, that's you but know. You've picked up a couple spares, yeah. but but uh, it's addictive. And Still, we keep, you knocked all. You knocked. You, you proved that it can be done. It can be done. I then did knock, knock down, down all ten, 10 pins. I did do that one time. I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. I, that right, hey, so yeah. at least you proved that it can be done. Because yeah. I'm starting to believe that it couldn't be done. <laughs> We're live here. We're going to be here for another hour. Uh, come on down. We're in the Roosevelt. Row section of downtown Phoenix, kind of just north of downtown Phoenix. Uh, Champagne Lanes is really, really cool. Uh, definitely think I'm bringing the decision maker down here one night in Phoenix. More, this is a lot of fun. Great bar, the bowling, the arcade games, the the old school pinball. It's got a real old fashioned vibe in here. Pool tables, it's a lot of fun. Pool tables here too. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Good place. Good place. Yeah, I've so, enjoyed my time here. Yeah, Sun's Day is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Suns themselves tonight, uh, maybe not so much in the fun department. No Kevin Durant, no Devin Booker, no Chris Paul, no Devin Booker, uh, right. no, um, what did I forget, Paul, well, the big Aiden. four. Eight. Thank you. Yeah, I lost yeah. track of so, what I was saying. So Boris Diaw, Leandro Barbosa. No, teasing. Although they're sitting everybody, we've seen this with a lot of different teams where they're just sitting everybody. We saw it last night with the Denver Nuggets. Yep, it is fascinating to me, and I continue to be fascinated by this. That you know, when the Suns got Kevin Durant, we looked at the schedule. Even after we knew Durant was coming back after he missed time here, looked at the schedule and we saw two against Denver. We saw the Clippers, and then we saw the Lakers, and we saw all the big games that they had. And you're like, oh my God, those games are going to matter. Those games are really going to matter. They didn't. They didn't matter. <laughs> not one of those games has mattered. We not missed one of again. Them. <laughs> no, not, not one uh, of them they, did. You know, at that time, you're thinking, okay, you you know, you're playing for for home court advantage. You're trying to get the four seed, the three seed, the two. You don't want to drop to five and not have home court. These other teams are, pl- but it never really worked out where the Suns were playing anybody where there was really anything on the line. No, no, and and, and to your point, there were opportunities, and we we just had. Now, I don't think that doesn't leave me to believe that 
they that that's going to hurt them come playoff time. Like, oh my God, they didn't play one real meaningful game with all of those guys. Therefore, they're not ready for the playoffs. Now, I think they'll be fine come playoffs. But I was looking forward to seeing them play like those Denver games. Man, yeah. I was so excited about the Suns' full strength against the Nuggets' full strength. Roll the ball out there on the floor and let's see. Let's just let's just find out what we've got. We never got it. We're not getting it tonight. And the truth is that the Denver Nuggets played the Phoenix Suns incredibly tight both of those games without keep starters. Yep. Last night they didn't have any. And it doesn't mean a damn thing. Nope. There's nothing that Denver can take out of that. There's nothing that the Suns can. There's no concerns. None. That you can't beat Denver because they played without all their guys. None of that matters. Yeah, I, and I get it. Like, I'm sure there's some temptation for fans, if you're listening to us right now, to go, I don't know. I'm worried the Nuggets, with all of their bench guys starting and none of their starters playing, man, they really gave the Suns a tech. Come on. That's that's not what happened last no. night, right? No. I, I mean, Monty, I thought Monty said it best when he was talking about the game last night. He, he basically said, look, when you look over there and you see who's not playing for the opposition, as a professional athlete, it's tough. It's just, it's kind of human nature to just ease up when you know your opponent's not playing everybody. Here's what Monty said. I do understand. <laughs> competitive edge of high-level players. I think there's a, I don't know what you call it, but when you see that many guys out, human nature, whatever you want to call it, sometimes you drop your guard, you drop your edge a little bit, and, and then their backup guys and a couple of their guys, who, one guy who starts, started playing well, and that turned us on a bit. So I, I get that part, but as we're trying to build some synergy and rhythm, you just want to see more consistency like we did in OKC down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. Now the question I have is, I wonder what the Lakers will do tonight. I don't know who's playing for them, but I wonder when they look across the court and see no KD, no Book, no DA, no Chris Paul, do they suffer from the same thing that the Suns suffered from last night? Do they have a hard time finding the energy? Do they succumb to the human nature that Monty's talking about? You know, and and this is so hard for me to look at the scenarios. If the Lakers can win tonight, does it give them the ability to take the the, the game? Do they play again on Sunday, too, the Lakers? Yes, they do. They play the Jazz, Okay, so if they play tonight and they win the game, does that give them the, the ability to take Sunday off and not worry about it? I can't imagine it does. I imagine the Lakers are going to play. They, they would still be playing for something. I would, so, I would, go ahead. Go ahead. I would, so I would, listen, I would think the Lakers right now are really playing to get the sixth seed. Get the sixth seed, play Sacramento. So play tonight, play tomorrow. Play, no, play tonight, play Sunday. Yeah. Play hard. Then you get the sixth seed, and then you get Monday off, Tuesday off, Wednesday off, Thursday off, Friday off. For the Lakers, like I don't think they can get to – I would play hard if I'm the Lakers to win these two games Yeah, and get the five days off rather than try to rest guys now and maybe have to play two games in a play-in tournament. In trying to decipher what's going to happen this weekend, it's almost impossible. And what makes it even harder is our teams actively trying to avoid the Phoenix Suns. Our teams trying to avoid the five seed. And I think we'll real- – I, I, I mean, you, you know, normally you would think yes, but then how hard did the Clippers and Lakers play against? Each other to get the five seed the other day. They played. They played. They played. They played hard. The, the Lakers guys were out there until I mean that right. game was well past decided, and the Lakers guys were still out there. Because I think these teams are like, look, I want the five days. What's my priority? I want to not be in the play, and I want the five days rest first. Okay, but you get the Suns. Okay, but listen, I might get the Suns anyway somewhere. I need the five days. I need the five days off. 
Yeah. Maybe six days off. It could be six days off. I don't want to take the chance of the play-in. So I think the, even even the fear of having to play Phoenix, I think it's these, these teams would rather get the rest and play Phoenix than get into a play-in situation. Now, what happens on Sunday for the Suns? Your guess is as good as mine. My guess right now would be the Suns' core four plays for a half, a quarter. Gets a little sweat in, gets a little workout in, and then they pull the plug and they call Look, it. Look, I, I, I have a funny suspicion that... When we get to Monday's show, okay. we're not going to talk a damn thing about Friday or Sunday's game. Not <laughs> one second. We're going to talk about who they're playing. I think you're right. We're going to talk about who they're playing. Yep. Because we'll know who they're playing. Yes. They're, they're not playing. We're going to get to Monday, and we're not going to be like, oh, let's go back and talk about that Laker game and how the bench guys did. No, honestly, you don't even oh. have to watch it. No, you don't. And then Sunday's game, it doesn't mean anything. What we're going to talk about Monday is if the Suns are playing the Clippers in the playoffs, we're going to talk about the Suns playing the Clippers. We're yeah. not going to talk about how the Suns beat. The short, beat the Lakers with their short-handed guys. It doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. I do think, though, one thing we might end up talking about is watching some of these games over this weekend. Not necessarily the Suns, but some of the other ones. And seeing were teams trying as hard as they could to win. Or, or was there active tanking involved to avoid the Phoenix Suns? You know, and a lot of that will determine, like, did the Clippers play everybody? Did the Lakers play everybody? Did the Warriors? What the Warriors are the one team, I think they're, they don't care. If they end up at five, I don't think they give a rip. They'll, they'll go for it because they're, they're like, yeah, we're the defending champs. We've got Curry, Clay, Draymond, and we're good. We'll take on the Suns if that's what we have to do. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. We will not care about Suns game tonight. We will not care about the Suns game on Sunday. We might, care a little to see if some of these other teams, 5 through 9, were they trying to game the system to avoid the Phoenix Suns? I'll be curious. We, we might end up talking about that a little bit. We'll see. The Clippers are in the driver's seat, so you would start with them. Are they going to Are they gonna purposely lose a game to fall out of 5? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, right now, I don't think so, but when, we'll see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, one player on the Pittsburgh Pirates has more home runs than the entire Arizona Diamondbacks roster to start this year. What? What you talking about? <laughs> we'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here on this Friday afternoon here on the Burns and Gambo Show as we are live from the Champagne Lanes in downtown Phoenix, the Roosevelt Row section of downtown Phoenix. We invite you to come down and see us. We're I failed stoned. again. You failed again? I so failed did again. I. So did I. I can't figure it out. We're, we're, if you're just tuning in, Gambo and I have been trying all day long to bowl a strike on these duck bowling lanes they have here. They're shorter. The balls are like, and we just we can't get it. The, the boot! There's the boot! We talked about the boot! <laughs> I just can't this get it. This thing is hard. It's, it's hard. The, the balls are like bocce balls. The pins are half as tall. The lane is half as long, and we just we just can't get it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll keep trying. We have another 45 minutes or so before we leave. All right, so uh, I, I intrigued you with the tease. Um, Brian Reynolds today, the outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, yeah, hit his fifth home run in the Pirates' 13-9 win over the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, the Diamondbacks may not get five all year. He's got five. The Diamondbacks have four. Diamondbacks have four home runs all year long. Yeah, the team is not built that way. You know, you thought that you would add a little bit of power with Goriel and Christian Walker is a bat in the middle of the lineup. Christian Walker will hit home runs. I mean, he's a he's a good power hitter. But 
But you know, you know, you look at the players, right? Moreno's not a not a big power guy. McCarthy's not a power guy. Corbin Carroll's not a power guy. Evan Longoria's got power, but he's a part time player. Cattell Marte, you know, I don't really know what to expect from Cattell Marte anymore. Um, you know, Lewis has some pop in his bat when he plays, but they're not a team that's really, and, and that's okay because I think you could win this way the way they're playing with the speed and the bases and everything. Some teams are power teams that don't have the speed. You know, it'd be nice to have a combination of both, right? Where you got speed and you got power. They don't have that. No, they don't. And I mean, look, they're three and four. This time yesterday, we were singing the praises of the other Arizona Diamondbacks yeah, for going yeah, three and three, and and no one's you know cashing in their tickets on the Diamondbacks because they lost a game to the to the Dodgers. But there's two sides to this coin. Side number one is that the Diamondbacks' offense has really struggled so far this year, and and they have. You, you take out the eight runs they scored that afternoon against San Diego a couple of days ago. They've got 13 runs in the other six games they've played. I mean, it's a, it's a miracle that they've gone two and four in those games, right, when they've only scored 13 runs in those six games. But then the other side of it, and I think this has to be mentioned, look at the starters they've faced since the beginning of the season. Incredible. Dustin May twice. twice. Julio Urias. Clayton yep. Kershaw. Noah Syndergaard. You Darvish. It's been a murderer's row to start the year. It has. I mean, no, and, you know, Torrey's trying to make no excuses. Like, you got to play these guys. You don't have a choice. Like, you just got to do better. I mean, you got to face good pitching. It's a tough stretch. I don't know if they're going to face a tougher stretch in the, you know, at any point in the season than what they faced right now with what you just mentioned. Those guys are really, really good. But again, I mean, you got to find a way to, to, to win some of those games. And some of it is just not, look, the offense is going to get shut down against good pitching. So you got to match that with good pitching. You got to give your team a chance to win the 2 1, 1 nothing games. Sometimes you have to win a game 1 nothing. Um, so I think that's part of it, too, is the, the Diamondbacks pitching has to be better in some of those games when they're going up against great pitchers. Yeah, and I, and I want to talk about Merrill Kelly in a moment. I want to play first the soundbite from Troy Lavello after the game last night on how, look, Dustin May's good, but we have to rise above. Second time in a row, um, their starting pitchers seem to seem to um, throw a pretty good game against our offense. Um, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due, but I feel like um, given the fact, I think it was 13 or 14 innings that their starting pitchers now throwing against us. I like we 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 um, where we got to get to where we're going. We got to find a way to win these types of games and, and beat these types of pitchers. Now, to me, this is a little bit of a shift from Tory. In the past, if the Diamondbacks had a game like last night, but they did it against a mediocre pitcher, he would say something like that. He'd say, "Hey, look, you know, tip your cap and all of that stuff, but we got to do a little bit better." To hear him make those comments against a guy like Dustin May suggests that the bar has been raised a little bit by Tory. That the expectation yeah, is yeah. now, I expect better out of you. Like it, it's it's one thing to do that against the Pirates' fourth starter. I expect you to do that against you know against Dustin May out there. Be well, good. You, you know what good teams can do against great pitching is just wear them out and get them out of the game. I, there was one point in the sixth inning I looked up and Dustin May had like 70 pitches. It's like he's got no pitch. He's got no, his pitch count so low. Yeah. I don't know if you'll notice the same thing, but it was like the sixth inning he had 71 pitches. And they're like, my God. I mean, because they don't work walks. There's no walks. 
you know, you, you know, you get a walk, and then you get another walk, and then you know, you make him battle and make him throw twenty five pitches in an inning, and then you might be able to get him out earlier. The Diamondbacks are not doing a good enough job at working these great pitchers and making them labor and throw a lot of pitches, and then try to get them out of the game early. They're not doing that. They've played what seven games so far, right? Three and four on the, the season. The Diamondbacks, yeah, twelve walks. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty pathetic. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Right? Like for a team. And there's been some games, I think there's, I think one of those games they had, was it three? I think some of the games it's been none and one. Yeah. Oh, especially the, the first four against the Dodgers. I think they came out of that series. One walk? With one walk in four games. Right. They got them so, against the Padres. I think they yeah, got a bunch so, of walks. So it's gotten a little bit better, um, but but 12 walks in, in seven games for a team that, and you're right, it, it's fine. It's fine that they don't don't have a lot of power. I mean, you'd prefer it. We talked, we had Tori on the show earlier and he said, yeah, of course, I'd love to have some more bashers on this team, but this is this is the hand we've been dealt. This right. is the roster we have. This is the style we have to play. And if you're going to play a style like that, you got to get on base. you got to have guys who are hitting better than some of the, the chief Diamondback players here. And I'm looking in particular at Cattell Marte, 179. Uh, Guriel, 179. Chris Christian Walker has just one extra base hit so far. He's hitting 240. Corbin Carroll, for as great as he, 222 on the season. Gabriel Moreno is 175. I Out mean, of all of those guys you just mentioned, which guy are you concerned about the most? Of the, all those guys the that guys I mentioned. you just mentioned, because I have one in mind. Cattell? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally Cattell. Cattell. Christian Walker's going to bounce back. He's going to hit home runs. Corbin Carroll's going to be fine. I don't know if Cattell Marte has peaked. I don't know if he has played his best baseball already in his career, and it's not going to get better. God, that's the... That's a fearful question. I mean, is I it a fearful know. question? Is it? Is is? Are the Diamondbacks? Is their success this year predicated on Cattell being good, having not peaked? I don't know. I, they, a, they don't. They they need him to be good. Okay. I mean, I think they do. He's a switch hitter. He's he can drive the ball in the gaps. I mean, I the extra base guy. I think they need him to be good. Okay. And I don't know if he will be or not. I think you know what I I hadn't thought I hadn't framed up the season in my mind like that. I think you're right. I think they. I think because he's the one. He's the one guy in there, other than Christian Walker, that you look at and say, okay, you should be able to drive in some runs. You've done it in the past. You should be able to hit doubles and hit home runs. And I think he's actually done okay in the doubles department, if I'm not mistaken. He's already got three on the season. His slugging percentage, well, it's still not very good. It's only 286 because he hasn't hit any home runs. Um, but I, I, I think you're right. I think he, he has to. And if he has peaked, if his best days are behind him, him for whatever reason, that's problematic. Yeah, if he just that's becomes be an average player and you've been counting on him and he's a big money guy. and So out of all the guys you mentioned, that, that would be the guy I'm most concerned about is Cattell Marte. Yeah, and starting pitching has to be better too. We've Diamondbacks on deck coming up in a little bit later. We'll talk about Mad Bum and how important tonight is for him, but I think we can spend a second here or two talking about Merrill Kelly. He was just eh. 
okay last night. Yeah, and he needs to be better, and he can be better, and he should be better, because if we're going to match up against a Dustin May, you want to be able to go mano a mano. Now, clearly, May's got more, you know, uh, you know, natural talent with his ability to throw the ball 97, 98 miles an hour, but Merrill's a crafty guy, and he's usually always found a way to keep the team in games and go six innings, sometimes seven, deep into the games. So far through the first two games, he's been okay. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been what we expect out of Merrill Kelly. Legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement, and we would very much like to hear from you on this one. Text the word Al, A-L, to 62620. You can submit a video, a thank you Al message that, uh, if it's good enough, we'll play it back on the air. Text the word Al to 620-620. One-star member of the Phoenix Suns really pushed back on the idea that the Suns are trying to hide things from their final opponents, teams that they might meet in the playoffs. You'll hear what he had to say about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, time for What's On Tonight is brought to you by Global Credit Union. Twelve branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. We've got uh, two local teams in action tonight. Of course, the Dodgers taking on the Diamondbacks, game two of their four-game set. We'll preview that exclusively coming up in Diamondbacks on deck in a few minutes. That game starts at 640. You can hear it on ESPN 620, the Arizona Sports app, 98.7 FM HD2. And then at 730 tonight, slightly later tip time than normal. Suns are in L.A. taking on the Lakers. Uh, that game, as I mentioned, starts at 7.30. You'll hear that game here on Arizona Sports 98.7 uh, and on the Arizona Sports app. I do have an update. I'm not sure I'm real happy about this. Um, the Sacramento Kings are taking on the Warriors tonight. Okay. They're sitting De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and Kevin Herter. Where's the game at? In Sacramento. They'll, st- they'll still they'll win. St- <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors are so bad on the road that yeah. they're going to go to Sacramento and lose with the three three of the four best players yeah. of the Kings not yeah. playing. <laughs> they play Mike Bibby right now, and the Sacramento will still win. <laughs> Chris Webber. Is he Chris walking Webber. through that door? <laughs> yeah. Peja. Peja. Got Lade. Uh, God, that's funny. Yeah, no. Uh, and the only reason why I'm... I don't want the Warriors in the first round. Now, if that's what it's going to be, fine. Let's go. Let's do it. It might be, it, hell, it might be a Western Conference Finals in the first round between the Suns and the Warriors. Okay, is it better to get the Warriors early or late? I think it's better to get them early because Probably. of Wiggins. Probably. Wiggins isn't ready to play. He's not conditioned. He's missed, a, what, he missed 24 games? Yeah. I, I, like, I think if you, now, if you get, if Wiggins starts to get into shape, he's such a good player. If you get him, like, in the Conference Finals and he's played 12 games, by the time you get them, like, then they might be they might be better. They might be. Uh, and look, it, you might have to play them no matter what. If that's the case, fine. Let's go. I just, in my running list of who I want and who I don't, I don't want Golden State. I don't. I, at least not. Uh, that, that would be the team I would put first on my list of teams I'd rather not play. At least in the yeah, first round, I would I would agree with you. I would do that too. I would put them first as well. But if that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. Then let's go, right? Then, then I'll tell you this right now: that becomes 
the premier first-round matchup of the entire NBA. Yes, I the mean, defending champions against uh-huh. Kevin Durant and uh-huh. their former player, and that's the bet. Look, that's a that's a dream matchup for the NBA. Oh yeah, at any point in the playoffs, Kevin Durant against the Warriors, the Warriors against the the Suns, the the, the team with the the defending champs against the team that's the, the odds-on Vegas favorite to win the West. Yeah, I, that'd be a great matchup. Honestly, it was the Western Conference Finals we all thought we were going to get last yeah. year, yeah. right? That we were yeah. all basically just assumed was coming the whole time. So we'll see. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean the Warriors are going to win. Doesn't mean the Warriors are going to finish fifth. But I would think it helps because this is, you know, the toughest game they've got left on their schedule. So uh, we'll see. Now, those are the games that are on tonight. And uh, as I mentioned, Diamondbacks baseball. We'll preview that coming up in a little bit. I want to play this soundbite for you and for our audience. This is um, this is Kevin Durant last night, and he was asked about they're not playing their guys, and is it because, you know, like last night or tonight, they're not playing their guys. Who knows what they're going to do Sunday against the Clippers? These are all potential first-round matchups they could have. Are you not showing everything because you don't want to show your first-round opponent what you guys do? Kevin Durant says that's absolutely ridiculous. We didn't play 80-some games. We didn't got we didn't logged in there. A thousand minutes of film. Like, if you're a playoff coach and you don't know how we coming as a team, you don't know, you're not prepared for how we coming as a team, then I don't think you should have that job, you know. <laughs> we got so so much info and data on who we are as individuals and who we are as a team, so there's no hiding anything at this point. I love that comment. I do, I love that comment. I think, you know, we talk about the adjustments that teams make, and teams will make a lot of adjustments in a in a series, because, you, you know, you're playing a team game after game after game, where you can't really make those adjustments in the regular season. But as far as showing, like, you know what they're going to do. So, you you know, you you could try different things in game two or game three that you didn't try in game one. Right. But it's not like they're going to do anything different. This is how they play. You have to stop them. It's not they're going to change. It's you've got to, you've got to, this is how we got to try to stop the Suns. Look at Dallas last year. They got slaughtered in the first two games. Then they made a lot of adjustments, and they won. So you've got to, you know, it's a chess match. But, like, the Suns' offense. Offense is the Suns' offense. It's not going to change. They're not going to be like, "Hey, in this game, let's let's disguise it. We're not going to throw the ball at KD at all. <laughs> We're not." Tory, you're going to take 15 shots. That they'll never expect it. Yeah. They'll never expect it. Tory and Josh, you guys are the main guy. Like that doesn't happen. The Suns are always going to play the way they play. Booker and Durant are going to, you know, lead the way. They're going to play the way they play. It's not going to change. You've got to figure out: Can you stop them the way you play in Game One? You can't. Okay, should I try something different in Game Two? That that doesn't work. Okay, what can we do in Game Three? So it's not about what the te- what the offense does; it's about what the defense does. And it totally cuts both ways too. I mean, last night and last night's Denver Nuggets game is a perfect example. The Nuggets sat all five of their starters. They didn't do it because they didn't want to show the Suns what they were going to do or how they were going to play against them or anything like that. Monty knows the Suns coaches know they did it because there was a nothing to gain from playing their starters in that game. Number two, half their guys are dealing with injuries and number three they didn't want to risk anything worse with any of their guys who aren't not healthy right now it didn't have anything to do with them and and i'll admit i you know we're always looking for angles and things to talk about and sometimes oh i wonder if they're trying not to show their hand a little bit and i i loved what kevin durant said too because he's like guys come on like well think about all the data that's out there now think about i mean there's never been in the history of sports 
Has there ever been more readily available information about players, teams, schemes, styles, and everything yeah. than there is right now? Yeah. You think that by not playing your starting five against the Phoenix Suns, that you're going to somehow confuse them or hide your intentions again? Of course not. Of course no. not. And if you play the Golden State Warriors, you know exactly the way they play and what they're going to do. Now, you have a plan to stop it, but if you play the first two games against the Warriors and you can't stop them, you will change some things. All right, I can't have Josh on step. I've got a trap step. I can't. I thought I could play one on one, you know, having this guy on clay, but now I can't do that. So I got. So you'll change defensively, but the way a team plays offensively, that's their bread and butter. That's their mo. They're not going to change. Yeah, that. no doubt about it. Now, I I'd, I'd love to be able to paint some sort of a picture for everybody out there who's listening to us right now of what to root for this weekend, what to watch for, how it's all going to shake just out. Wake me up on Monday. It's just, honestly, it's impossible. It's so impossible, in fact, that the NBA, I got such a kick out of this, the NBA sent out a, a really nice, clean, organized graphic of the playoff scenarios going into this weekend, and it spelled it all out, man. Remaining seating scenarios, who's locked in, what, this, that, and the other. All it would say about 5 through 9 in the West was this. Detailed scenarios for West 5 through 9 will be posted on Saturday after Friday night's game. In other words, like, we don't even want to try to explain it. We can't explain it. It's too complicated. There's too many scenarios. So just wait until these games are over. We'll have a better idea on Saturday after the Friday game. I think so, too. And I I think the three games, well, the four games, uh, now the fourth game doesn't really count. The three games to watch tonight are New York at New Orleans. New York has nothing to play for. They're locked into five in the East. New Orleans, you know, in the play-in tournament, can they raise up? Can they get out of the play-in tournament? They just found out they won't have Zion next week at the minimum, maybe even longer than that. That's a big one. Golden State at Sacramento. I mentioned that one a moment ago. That one's a big one. Sacramento resting their three three of their main guys in that one. Um, Golden State, if they win out, maybe they end up as the five seed. They don't have a lot of the tiebreakers, so that kind of hurts them. We'll see. And then the Suns at the Lakers. We know the Suns aren't playing their core four guy. We haven't heard a thing out of the Lakers and what their intentions are with LeBron and AD. Not a thing. Uh, just that they're questionable. That's it. That's all we know about Do we know the Suns starting lineup for tonight? I have not. I'm so curious to see what that is. Seen it. Mitch, have you seen anything on the Suns? Have, has like Wayne, officially, you mean? Yeah, like official, like. Because I haven't. Um, I'm not seen anything. Oh, well, I'm seeing from Dwayne Reagan. Anthony Davis is questionable. LeBron James, questionable. No, for the Suns. Dennis Schroeder, questionable. D'Angelo Russell, probable. But nothing for the Suns. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen anything from the Suns. Yeah, I haven't seen like a starting lineup or anything like no. that. I, I know that the the guys who are available tonight's campaign, Landry Shamit, Josh Kogi, Torrey Craig, Bisbeck, Biabo. I, I, I'm going to take a stab at their starting lineup tonight. Yeah. I'm going to take a guess at it. I'm going to say campaign and Landry Shamit. Shamit in the backcourt. A Kogi, Craig, and Biombo. Okay, give me it again. Payne, Shamit, Kogi, Craig, and Biombo. Kogi, Craig, Biombo. Okay. With Saban Lee, Terrence mm-hmm. Ross, Damian Lee, Wainwright, Landale, and Beasley off the bench. Who are those guys? 
<laughs> they're the benches bench. Honestly, they're the they're the. Saban Lee, I've heard of him. Didn't he used to play for the Suns a few years ago? He got into a game for a couple couple of days ago, right? Baisley. Oh, I thought you Michael, said is that Michael Beasley? <laughs> Did you got it wrong? I, I thought you Michael said Saban Lee. I thought you said Saban Lee. Saban Lee. You meant you meant Baisley. No, um, I said Saban Lee. I'm oh, you joking. said Saban Lee. Okay. Some of these guys haven't played that much in so long. You know, very few minutes at all. So I mean, even Baisley's got a game here or there. But you know, it'd be nice for those guys to get some run in a meaningless game. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, it is time to get you ready for Diamondbacks baseball. Can they have success tonight against the L.A. Dodgers? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. We're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic Driving. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Right, right down the street from where we have uh, called home for the last four hours. You got the Diamondbacks taking on the Dodgers. Game two of their four games set from Chase Field. We're here at Roosevelt Roll from Roosevelt Row, I should say, from Champaign Lanes. Tonight at Chase Field, it's game two of the four games set between the D-backs and L.A. And your pitching matchup for tonight's game, rematch of what we saw last week. Clayton Kershaw, the lefty for the Dodgers, 1-0, 1.50 ERA after his very good start against Arizona on April the 1st. He goes up against Madison Bumgarner, the left who was not very good in his matchup on April the 1st no, against the Dodgers. No. And for Clayton Kershaw, who got his first win against the Arizona Diamondbacks back in 2010, this will be his 400th career start. There's only 33 pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball that have had 400 starts. The last one to do it, you got to go back to 2018. It was Felix Hernandez with Seattle. So we have five years since somebody made their 400th career start. He is going to do that. So uh, for number 400 for him, he's going to join an exclusive club. And he's also just two wins away from 200, which is a good milestone for a pitcher. You know, 300 was, you know, you get the 300, you're special. But 200 is a big deal, too. And he's on the verge of that. This If he gets the win tonight, it'll be win number 199. He'd only be one away. Well, very impressed. I mean, he's obviously had a very impressive career. And last week against the Diamondbacks, he was really good. Six innings, four hits, nine strikeouts. Didn't walk anybody, just allowed the one earned run. For Bumgarner, it was a completely different story. He went four innings, gave up five earned runs, including the first inning grand slam to Trace Thompson. He later would leave the Diamondbacks from that road trip and come back home after complaining of arm fatigue. Uh, everything checked out clean with his MRI. Everything's fine. He thinks he just kind of overdid it with his side sessions a little bit. Seemed like his start was never in jeopardy tonight. He gets to go tonight, and I know you've been talking about their short leash for Madison Bumgarner all week long. Yeah, I don't know how long the leash is, but I mean, if he can't get guys out consistently and you know, consistently, he's got to con- come out of the game, or, you know, four innings, five innings all the time. You got to start thinking about what the contingency plan is, especially if you want to win baseball games this year and contend. Now, it's not two game starts, it's not three starts, it might not even be five, but at some point after seven or eight starts, if he hasn't figured it out a little bit, you got to start thinking about it. You yeah, making a change. I'm with. Look, you're. I think you're a little bit more alarmist about Mad Bum than I would be. I think that's it's fair to say. But I would agree that, that A, I don't think this is going to end well. You said that earlier in the week. I don't. I don't think this is going to end well, and I agree with you on that one. 
I, I just imagine the organization is going to give him that leash of five starts, six starts, seven starts. And if it's really bad, then there's no doubt. They'll, they'll be like, look, we're, we're, we think we're contending this year. We can't waste these games on a pitcher who's not giving us a chance to right, win. Right. They're going to want to see something out of him before he gets to that point. Now, we had Tori Lovello on the show earlier today for his weekly visit. And you asked him, how important is this start for Mad Bob? Every start for all of our guys at this point in time are really, really important. And you know, I, I know Bum um, didn't, didn't necessarily throw the ball uh, as well as he wanted to early in the game uh, against the Dodgers. But yeah, I, I wanted to go out there and pitch well for him. I know how hard he's been working. I know I know the frustration that he's feeling. And he looked me square in the eye the first couple of days of spring training and said, Yo, I just want to make sure you understand something, Tori. Nobody wants to win more than me. Nobody wants to win a world championship more than me. And I know what I got to do to uphold that. So I know he wants to go out there and pitch well for himself and for this ball club. It's, it is it is important for him. I'm a little worried about this lineup that he's going up against. I mean, they've got 14 home runs second in baseball. Only San Francisco has more home runs than the Los Angeles Dodgers. They hit another one last night. It was Freeman. So they can smack the ball around the yard. And, you know, if Mad Bum's out there throwing batting practice, these guys are going to hit some, some home runs. Like I said, they've got 14 so far this year, second in baseball. So he's got to do a better job of trying to keep the ball in the ballpark. We have talked a lot, you and I, today about this Diamondbacks offense, and despite the three and four start. It has been in spite of their offense because it just hasn't been very good or very productive. Your lineup tonight for the Diamondbacks. Cattell Marte is batting leadoff hitting, uh, playing at second base. Kyle Lewis, the DH, is hitting second. Guriel Jr. is hitting third in left. Christian Walker, cleanup, playing at first. Evan Longoria is at third base. He's batting fifth. Corbin Carroll is hitting sixth. He's in right. Nick Ahmed getting the start at short. He is batting eighth. Gabriel Moreno is batting ninth hand the catching so the tonight. first five guys are right-handed batters, correct? Before you get to Corbin Carroll at six, yes. And then who's seven, eight, and nine? Okay, I'm sorry. so one, two, I three, missed four, one. five. So I did. Uh, I forgot. Alec Thomas is hitting ninth. I oh, lost okay. track. Alec Thomas. Alec in the Thomas is hitting okay. ninth. So Marte, Luis Guriel, Walker, Longoria, Carroll, Ahmed, Moreno, Thomas. Okay, interesting. So Lewis is the DH, and Ahmed's in center field, batting lefty against lefty with Kershaw. Ahmed's at short. Uh, I mean, Alec Thomas is in center field. Thomas. Is in center. Yes. I say, man, Thomas. Is, but my, my, what I was trying to say is, Lewis is the DH, not an outfield. Yes, correct. Because yes. they could have tried to get another right-handed bat in, but they didn't. This is going to play play center field. Yep. Lewis is, the, is bat. the DH tonight. Yeah, so he's in there as a left-handed bat, even against Clayton Kershaw tonight. Your injury report is brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the suicide and crisis lifeline. I can tell you right now that there was a move today by the Arizona Diamondbacks as it relates to the injured list, and that is putting right-handed pitcher Cole Sulser on the 15 day injured list retroactive to Thursday. They're replacing him in the bullpen by recalling Luis Frias from AAA Reno. Solcer, three earned runs over four and a third. He pitched in three games for the Diamondbacks. Uh, that included two home runs allowed in the two games against the Dodgers last Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, they know Frias. You know, they know him a little bit. They trust him. He was one of the guys that would be the, one of the first guys that was going to get called up if they needed a bullpen arm. They like him a little bit. He's got a good live arm. So, you know, hopefully it's temporary. Uh, they did like Solcer coming out of camp. They wanted 
to give him every opportunity, but he'll be shelved for a little while, and for years we'll get the chance. And, of course, the other guys who are hurt right now, Joe Mansupply, Corbin Martin, Mark Melanson, all on the injured list, and, of course, catcher Carson Kelly, who's on the injured list with a fractured forearm. So that, the guys who are hurt for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, your MLB standings presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Desert Wholesale Diamond, honored to be a part of your big life moments for over 32 years. Awfully early still in the standings, but I'll just kind of go through the top team so far in the National League. The Atlanta Braves off to the best start so far. They're 6-1 and one on the season, followed by the Brewers at 5-1. and one. They're going to be in town next week after the Dodgers leave. Dodgers are next at 5-2. and two. The Pittsburgh Pirates are off to a 5-2 and two start. Everybody else in the National League playing 500 balls so far. 500 yeah. or less. And the listen, D-backs get a win tonight. They're right there. They get a win there. They're playing 500 baseball as well. So they did a good job splitting with the Dodgers. You want to try to keep that going up and, and do that again. But it'll be it'll be tough. I mean, because the this team scores a lot of runs, too. The Dodgers have scored 43 runs so far in baseball. That leads the National League, second in the majors. So you know, got to try to keep them off the base pass. But 43 runs is a lot so far. Uh, they put guys on base and they get them in. The only team in Major League Baseball who has yet to lose a game? The, the Tampa race. Bay Rays. The race. 6-0 to start the year. Yep. Run differential of 31. They're off to a very good start they, so they far. Always, they're just always a good team. Always. always. a good team. Never fails. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Go get him, Keymaster. Right, I think you're going to be down with this stat. I know you're going to love this one. Strikeout to walk ratio. Okay. Nobody better than the Dodgers at 8. The second best is the Yankees at 5.86. Their staff, strikeout to walk ratio, 8.00. Oh. They are blowing away the field. They strike out a lot of batters, and they don't walk a lot of batters. That's a key to the game. you got to find a way to not strike out as much and try to get some walks against the Dodgers and try to take it, take that away from them because they've been great. Great at it. It'd be nice to see the Diamondbacks offense crack the code against the Dodgers starter. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.